This is hell. Prime Minister Modi's failure to lead India is deepening India's COVID-19 crisis. मैं लड़ाई लड़ रहा हूँ आपके लिए। आइयो बहनो। Indian government officials were patting themselves on their back. India was the pharmacy of the world, they said. And its cheaply produced vaccines would help end the COVID-19 pandemic globally. The Federal Health Minister declared that the country has entered the end game of its own battle against the pandemic. Even the Reserve Bank of India announced in unusual tones that India had bent the COVID-19 curve like Beckham and that soon the winter of a discontent would be made in glorious summer. Such boasts sound foolish at best today. COVID-19 case number and death have begun to spike exponentially in India, easily passing the number recorded last autumn's peak. Hospital beds are running short and so are the vaccine doses. Although the government has all halted all the vaccine exports, many states have only a few days supply left in stock. As in typical in India, official arrogance, hyper-nationalism, populism and an ample dose of bureaucratic incompetence have combined to create a crisis. The state has left India vulnerable to a second COVID-19 wave, multiple new mutations and a threat of repeated livelihood destroying lockdowns. Worse, Indians aren't the only ones who will pay the price. Developing nations that had been counting on the pharmacy of the world will now have to wait longer for their jabs even as the new variant continues to spread. Let's start with arrogance. The government appears to have unwisely believed its own rhetoric about having bent the curve of infections after imposing the world's strictest lockdown last year. Even when the new virulent strains of the virus begin to emerge, some of them from the India's own hinterland officials showed no increased urgency about ruling about out vaccines regulators. Approved the first Indian vaccines in December, the first shot wasn't given until more than a, two weeks later. Then there is nationalism. Indian bureaucrats and regulators under whatever administration are prone to badly decrease xenophobia. Thus, regulators pushed out an indigenously developed vaccine, Bharat Biotech's LTD co-vaccine, even before the phase 3 trial data was available. Meanwhile, other vaccines that had received regulatory approval elsewhere, including those from the Pfizer Inc. from Johnson & Johnson, were unnecessarily held up until trials could be conducted in India. World Health Organization guidelines say that such bridging trials may be needed if there are compiling scientific reasons to expect that the immune response to the vaccine and therefore its efficacy could be significantly different to the documented in the prior efficacy trial. Indian authorities never bothered to share this compiling scientific reasons while the Johnson & Johnson's vaccines demonstrated to be effective even against the virulent South African and Brazilian variant. Would need another large-scale trial in India demands some explanations, surely. The company is still awaiting permission to launch a bridging trial.
to squeeze the private sector using price control vaccine manufacturer serum institute of india was forbidden to produce for india's private market Although CEO Adar Poonawala had repeatedly said he would continue to offer the government doses of vaccine from AstraZeneca for only rupees one fifty, the price is not profitable enough to reinvest substantially in building capacity," said Poonawala, who hoped to sell other doses on the open market for rupees thousand each. Now the company had lost its export order as well, further constraining cash flow. As a result, Serum Institute has received a legal notice from AstraZeneca for failing to fulfill its contract. More importantly, the company hasn't got the cash to scale up its manufacturing capabilities. It's marketing 50-70 million shots a month. It needs to develop that at least Poonawala has now asked the government for rupees 400 million to ramp up capacity. Yet far from investing in capacity or brokering deals to tap unused vaccine manufacturer facilities, as the Biden administration has done in U.S., the government had been slow in when to sign purchasing contracts and manufacturing in January. Serum Institute had stockpiled around 15 million doses. The government then signed a purchase order for weeks and then only brought 11 million jabs initially. The government seems to expect Indian manufacturers to produce vaccine on a spec, jump through the various regulatory hoops, and break all the remunerative contracts in order to give the final product solely to Indian state at grossly insufficient prices. It is any wonder that Pfizer local local subsidiary quietly withdrew its application for emergency use of vaccine in India. We might also ask how many deaths the government is attempting to hide. In the state of Uttar Pradesh, workers were pictured covering the crematorium with thin sheet. Priyanka Gandhi of the opposition Congress party accused local authorities of hiding the truth. In Gujarat, the Prime Minister's home state crematories are burning day and night, while the state refuses to acknowledge the high number of deaths. The Gujarat High Court had demanded the state government. Report the accurate count of COVID-19 patients and death. Before ending this episode, a question to all of you: the question to the government, the question to the society. Where was India caught unprepared as the second wave ravaged the cross section of the Indian society? The responsibility lies with a strongman regime that has ignored all the questions. So with this being said I end up this episode up here thank you for listening and don't forget to share up, share this episode